The Boiled Sports Handsome Hour is sponsored by Martin Vintage, where you can get truly wonderful, soft, comfortable Purdue t-shirts. You can also get a 15% discount if you enter Boiled at checkout. MartinVintage.com AJ's in West Lafayette. Excellent comfort food and tons of beers on tap. AJ's Burgers Beef Beer. EatAJ's.com And of course, Gridiron Metal Works. Your solution for the hard-to-shop-for person. Grill grates, griddle grates, and home and office decor branded to your favorite college team, armed service, or civic organization. Gridiron Metal Works. GridironMetalWorks.com Yeah. Is there is it three two one then go? I think. When do we start, Anish? We yeah, start soon. Soon. It's it always on shoot. You always okay. go on shoot. Three, you always go shoot. on shoot. Yeah. Ah, I see. We live. Yes. Is anyone watching? Why don't we sure. just wait? Why don't we just sit here and just wait for them? I mean, I'm I'm not doing anything. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Anish is using a boiled sports rocks glass. Yeah, Anish, be careful. Two yeah, hands, Anish. I know. No, it's never while I'm drinking it. It's always the next morning when I'm sober, cleaning it. Every time, every single glass I've ever broken is always the next morning when I'm cleaning it's, it very carefully. Exactly. Exactly. Out. You don't ever have car crashes when you're bombed. You only yeah, do it when you're sober, putting exactly, it in the driveway. Exactly. Which is why you should. All, no, I'm not going to. No. Careful. Don't even make the joke. Don't even make the joke. Hey, they told me it was all right. It. Oh, uh, hello, gentlemen. Welcome to Boiled Sports Handsome Hour season finale, I guess. I don't know. Football season finale. How about that? Not bad. Not bad. Now, is there another is there another poll? Serious question. There's another poll. Another poll comes out, doesn't it? I an end of season poll. Actually, no, this is like a point of contention. Yes, an end of season football poll happens, but an end of season basketball poll, I don't think they actually do that. I thought they did. Which is no, that is how Maryland never ended up number one, even though they won the national title. Right. That's fair. Which is yeah. ridiculous. Really stupid. Which is it's stupid. Really like, dumb. And I'll be I'll be glad to trade that one week at number one for a national title. Just oh, yeah. putting that out there. I yeah. You can expunge that off. I don't, and and, I'll, and we don't ever need to be ranked number one again, just one national title. Nope. Nope. I told I don't you see... fold the programs. I fold the athletic <laughs> department if, if we would the just, title. That's yeah, it. or just take a few years off. You know what, Matt? Sure. You've earned it. We'll take the just... death penalty. Sure, not like <laughs> not because we've earned it, just because like we're you know what we're on a hot streak. We're, we're going away from the table. Yeah, exactly. there's no there's no there's no rising from that point. This hypothetical land we're talking about. Yeah. Um, no, I was asking if there's another ranking because Purdue's got to be ranked now, right? They got to be ranked. Football. I, that's the thing. It's weird. Is I think they should have been ranked weeks ago. Like yeah. that before the Bulls. I look well, at as like they don't have a bad loss. Well, remember when we they talked have about they got record. ranked and then yeah. they got pasted by ohio state which which didn't... everyone gets pasted by ohio state but i remember when we all came back that next week and we said we said well that's it they're not gonna be ranked again and we were right <laughs> they never got close arkansas is ranked like kentucky's ranked good good programs but not like i mean good good years i don't want to say good programs right it's stretching it a little bit getting a little wild here um Ohio State's offensive numbers are absurd. What? Okay, so I missed that game. I, no, I missed the second off. half. Gosh. I literally turned it off to go watch Spider-Man, like the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man, because oh. I saw the most la- the latest Spider-Man today, and I hadn't seen the Andrew Garfield ones. Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man stinks. 
They were fine. It was no, fine. I thought they were he's, okay. like, he's like 30 years old. He doesn't look he young. He is clearly not a high schooler, correct? You are right. correct there. He's clearly then, so I'm adult. lost right away in that in that movie, that series. I don't like it. I tuned in to see young high school boys. Exactly. exactly always. So I, I left drop, and right? I was like, wait a minute. Ohio State won. And then I looked at the stat line and I was like, wait a minute. This freshman receiver had how many yards? How does oh how do these blue bloods? How do these blue bloods always do this? It's like you always you never feel good whenever a team loses or like you know has to you know have like two of the whatever five best wide receivers set out. But you feel a little less bad for Bama and Penn State and Georgia and all of these teams who have like five stars winning the wings right. who are some of the best uh, players in like the they, they, they lose a five assembly star line. and they just they just play other five stars yeah, it's amazing it's they amazing. just come off the whoop, just yep, put them in pop there them right out pop them right out so i assume this is football sagarin has purdue at number 22 <laughs> i sure hope it's not basketball we'll see i don't know we'll see coming tomorrow uh so well i you know i don't know it could i, I, mean, I think purdue should be in the 20s and that'd be fun when was the last in. time when it was the last time Purdue ended a season uh, ranked, we should probably say have 03. done this research. I'd say 03. Or, yeah, 03. That'd be my guess. That was the last time they won nine. 04 was the year that they got up to number five, but then finished seven and five. So I don't think they finished ranked that year. AP, and... AP post. Uh, the last time Purdue finished in the top 25 was twenty or 2003. When they finished, uh, you heard nine, me say that a minute ago, yep, right? Nine I say four. things all the time, and then you guys are like, I don't recall you saying that. And no, 18, no, they finished number 18, so they were even in top 20. They were top 20 team. But 03 team was good. Yeah, and I remember right. we were all like, we were like, we were exactly like we are now. We were like, oh, next year. Oh, oh so what's so good go next year. Oh, And then they started five and oh, we were like, oh my god, it's happening. And it's uh, never, and here we are. It just took us till now to get back to that feeling. Took us a so year, we're calling years. Just wanted to say we are calling for twelve wins next year, right? Twelve regular season wins. I like that. Now you're the insane one. Like I, I mean, like I yes, I'm yes. Correct. I said. Was I said it to you, Anish? In a You've been calling it, ten win seasons for the no. last. I think half. I, 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 I said we right. <laughs> I said we need one. We need a ten win season. Garcon, I, I don't. Like, yes. Oh, I would like nothing but oh. your finest ten win season. <laughs> I would like a Duke or Kentucky vintage 10 win season. I like the people who are like, look at the, look at, so there were people complaining and I don't want to spend any time talking about Iowa because, but I know Anish loves Iowa. Fraught. There Fraught. were people talking about, there were Iowa fans though complaining to the, to like, you know, Pat Vint and the guys that we know from the formerly Black Harko fans. He was like, wait a minute. Somebody said something to him like, if they were any good, they would have at least contended for the big, or they would have had a chance at the Big Ten championship. He goes, they literally did have a, they were in the Big Ten title game. Fans are just idiots. And I don't think Purdue fans would be idiots if Purdue won 10 games. I think Purdue fans would be drunk on that for months if Purdue won 10 games. Speaking of being drunk on that for months, today I was, I went to, to grab my trusty Bullet Sports Rocks class, limited numbers available on BulletSports.com. They are delightful, by the way. I was filling it with my brown liquor of choice, and I was like, huh. The last time I was in Tennessee, I picked up this handy dandy, nice little Tennessee roaming Man. man. Oh, it's a tiny little bottle, and I don't know if you can. I don't know if you can see that uh, percentage profile there. Gosh, that is fifty-seven percent, fifty-six point nine percent. So I will be. uh, Does it say barrel strength or what's that one say? 
Yeah, it's cast strength. So yeah. I may be uh, there. May be one or two more Iowa rants in me with the podcast today. <laughs> wasn't it, it wasn't a stingy pour this either. Is, Bartender did you well. This is celebration uh, for Tennessee. What happened? Hey, boiler down. Did anything happen in Tennessee? I'm like a Motor City boiler here. I've been out of town. I've been out of the loop for a couple of days. Is there anything that uh, you know? Anything that I, I missed? I have to well, before he answers that. I want him yeah. to answer it, kind of given this context, because I kind of have a theory about how bad Tennessee fans are. Right? Mm-hmm. See if you can follow me on this. Okay. You obviously, as a Purdue fan, always want Purdue to win every game, right? Sure. You're at a game. You're most concerned with Purdue winning. When they beat an Ohio State, yeah, it's neat that Ohio State lost, but you're really happy that Purdue won. I feel like Tennessee fans have this magic way where I would imagine at some point in that game you thought, all right, Purdue may not win this game, but I really want Tennessee to lose. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? Like, you would be – you could live with Purdue not winning that game. You really would have a hard time living with Tennessee winning that game, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Here's the weird thing, though. I mean, like, and I said this in the quick cast, uh, I have very positive interactions with Tennessee fans one on one. But as a group, okay. they're morons, like flat out. They're the worst. Um, and I don't understand the what happens there. I don't know if we're like, there's a majority of idiots, and then they just make everybody they rile like each other up. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but like, super pleasant. I mean, in restaurants, pleasant, like walking by people, talking to them. I talked to a guy for 10 minutes in the restaurant. Um, I thought you were about to say restaurant. I was say restaurant. I, I, I was like, yeah, I just had, you know. He's, he's at the urinal. He was helping like, me in the restroom. Look, look, man, I don't want to talk anymore. Yeah, exactly. He's right next to him. Well, what are you doing? Yeah. No, it's, a, it's weird. So, like, I had, I also had a weird, um, like, at the end of the game, I, I really just wanted to see the game end without injuries because – the players were so gassed, Purdue players. And I was like, no game. more broken ankles, no more, no more guys rolling up. I, I'm kind of okay with Fatty just going for two in the game ending. I'd be like, I was worried fight. about it going three and four and five overtimes and then guys getting just so tired. Yes, and that's and they, what, were that's so, they were so gassed. The last five minutes, there yeah. was no energy left in those defenses no. on either no. side. I mean, the Purdue touchdowns, the one uh, Brock's touchdown in the last few minutes there where the defender – had interfered with them several times and then tried to tangle with him. They and just, just fell, fell down, down. and looked up. He's on one knee watching him go down the left sideline. Brock kind of was looking back. And Brock had in that, no like, knees. But he looked back in that, like, no knees. Right, where it's like, there's really nobody near me. I don't even have to run hard. It's awesome. Great. Man, that was. Yeah. Is so, that so the wildest win? Is that the wildest win that we have seen in, let's say, the time of boiled sports? Obviously, probably, right? Um, uh, I don't think sixteen years. The Foster Farms Bowl right? was close. The, the Foster, when um, it was the, close, out in, it was not that many back and forths. But Purdue last, giving up a touchdown five late minutes are just well, basically what happened in that game was was one of those exchanges. Like right. Arizona scored to take the lead, and then Purdue came right down and scored an exciting touchdown to win. Yeah. But that was it. <laughs> And we and saw that Brom happen. Year, we like, and it was Brom year one, and yeah, like right. the emotions kind of took over, and it was like, yes. oh my god, this yes. is the next era, right? Oh uh, man. And then, but like even kind of going back to the last couple of years of Tiller, like there was that one, the Motor City Bowl, um, you know, the Dan Lefevre versus Curtis Painter, uh, you know, epic game. But wasn't that to get to seven wins or maybe eight? Yeah, I mean, like Six, again, all I mean, of these are good. none of these are seven, and, eight, and eight. none of them have been. Yeah seasons like this one where if you look back none of the wins were really like fluky 
Nope. Like some some of them, right. like it was in the sense, like Iowa and Michigan State were the closest ones to that, and it was just like Purdue executed, like but, Purdue but did the games what they close. tried to do. No. Yeah, exactly. And so they accomplished what they set out to do. That's yeah. not necessarily a fluke. That's a success, right? right. Yeah, right. And so, and we would have if the team would not have scored thirteen points for four straight weeks going into Iowa. I think all of us <laughs> would have called it. So I don't think it's like you know it's out of the realm to say that none of these wins were fluky and none of the losses were bad. Like well, let, Minnesota was like the closest one, but like Absolutely. that was bad. Let's, let's look at, let's it look at sucked, sucked, but it I mean, there are nine win team, yeah. so it's yeah. not the worst. So look, let's, let's do a quick review of that. What you just said. And I, cause I was writing these same notes. I said, okay, nine wins exceeds everybody's expectations here on this podcast. Yep. I think, I think, I think the greatest expectation we had within boiled sports was seven legitimately. I think, I think we did eight with the bowl win. Like if, and that was that like was best like, case scenario, right? Yeah. Literally okay. yeah, seven wins and then a bowl win. Right. right. And I'll admit I was seeing, I was thinking uh, five or five. six wins. You yep. and me were all, were secretly yep. on the five win train. Right. Like right. we were like, wow, that's the purgatory. So, so you got, so you get nine wins, you beat two number two opponents, get the bucket back. <laughs> Bowl victory, no bad losses. And, and your road and your road wins. ranked and your road ranked win too. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Ridiculous. And oh, more more four four road wins. And I would put this road win in this, this is five. Bowl win. They this they five. they put it up there. I thought they said I thought they said in the broadcast before the game was over, Purdue had four wins away from home because I think right. right. How does that make sense? They couldn't have had another neutral one. That's what they no. said. Uh, Chicago. Like uh that's uh, what it was. Yeah, that's what it was. Northwest. So they have five non-Ross Aid wins. Let me give you another one that I thought was amazing. Purdue just won as many games in this season as Daryl Hazel won at Purdue. Yeah, incredible. Incredible. Yeah. We did 50 <laughs> games and nine wins. Three of those were Indiana State, I'm pretty sure. Those were nine years. Wins Daryl Hazel has at Purdue. Daryl Jeff Rum got it this year. It's incredible. I mean, so that 2000, the, so let's kind of go to the most recent, you know, um, time that we have experienced this and most people would not have experienced this is the 2003, you know, unless you're a sad lifetime Purdue fan. Um, Wait a minute. What? Yeah. Even that year, you can't say that they didn't have any bad losses they, they because year one, they or game one. They lost to Bowling Green. Right. Mm-hmm. That was a total special, so man. Yeah. yeah, he would do shit like that all the time, right? And, and we so used to like, think maybe he's dogging it on purpose because yeah, he did it in '97. Not opening the playbook, yeah, yeah, felt yeah. like it, felt like it. Well, but it he is probably like, figured they didn't need to, and they shouldn't have needed to. But anyway, right. go on. Anyway. The last, the last time I can't even pull. I would have to go even further back to find the last time Purdue ended a season without a bad loss, really, without like a really bad letdown loss. Minnesota was disappointing. But Minnesota kind of just beat Purdue up, and that, Minnesota's that is Minnesota's a nine-win team. Yeah. Like them or not, they won nine games. So you we, lost to a nine-win Minnesota and a nine-win Wisconsin, both of which pissed you off because you knew during those games they were winnable. But um, that's all of a sudden, Purdue is now at that level where it's like we expect to beat Wisconsin. And then the other two, and, think about that, know, guys. Those are two nine-win nine teams they lost to. They lost to Notre Dame, who was what, an 11, a 12-win team? 11 wins. 11 wins. And they lost to a 12 or 13, 12-win Ohio State team. And the and only one ranked. that was... And they're not ranked. This goes back ranked. to what we were saying. That's so dumb. No bad losses, two wins over number two teams in the country. Well, 
And Motor City Boiler says no weather losses either. Boiler down. No that weather losses. Right. And right. and I put this in the post game that I'm sure nobody read because nobody reads post anymore. But very good post, by the way. All the people who are lit, very good post. I I've already, I've already, I've already pimped this thing one time. I'll do it again. That was, that was a good post. So, but if you look like at real the, analysis, real words, look at the end of the season, yeah. they they won. What was it? What did I say? Five of the last six, or four of the last five, four of the last six, or whatever it was. The point is, they didn't wilt as the season got into November. They got stronger. Bromvember is a thing. It's been a thing, right? The, the teams, if they're not a great team, if they're a four or five win Brom team, <clears throat> it's not because they started four and zero and then fell apart. Mm-hmm. They they are what they are throughout the season. And his teams, I mean, look at that game. You were there. You saw this in person. Mm-hmm. That team, I mean, I, we've said this for years. All Purdue fans really want is a team that fights hard yep. and doesn't quit. Because we've seen Purdue teams that look like they quit. Yep. And holy hell did they fight in that game. That was amazing to watch those guys. The guys who, like like Brock, who wouldn't come out, who was told, yep. like they Pushing said, they know. The sideline guys were saying that they said, well, you should probably come out because you can barely walk. And he said, nope, nope. This is is the thing. First, getting back to that Tennessee game, the post J money was excellent because it was. that's why I really wanted you to, you were saying like, Hey, if I had fingers that worked, you know, I would write, I would write like the half dozen bad decisions that Hoyle made to actually lose them the game before that controversial touchdown you know that they'll complain about incessantly yes yeah, let it grow an article with uh that that the refs stole the game oh of amazing. course but it, like Such all crap. you have, to, all you have to do is pull up that post because it and some of them were like that that last drive in the at the end of the first half which i'd completely forgotten because the second half was three and a half hours long right right but, but what what is he dropping Hooker back to throw four from his own 30 or 25 with and 20, 30 seconds. Sh- Dude, and usually you if you're throwing, you're throwing those bubble screens. You're making sure that it's in, you know, you're making sure it's inbounds. You're just trying to give him a different look and move the ball forward, you, keep the clock moving. You want to hand the ball off and maybe you gain 15, 20, 25 yards. Then you go, okay, now we're going to throw it towards the end zone. But what are you thinking? I, and that's, okay. And I'll actually also. I don't know. Here's how about this one. Why not just drag a player across the middle of the field and have him run past everybody who's already tired? Yeah. I mean, I think there's so much, uh, any, so many other things they could have done that they didn't do. I think Heupel got so badly out, out coached, like, oh, yeah. like catastrophically, like generationally bad coaching. And this I, is a guy that, go, that they've somehow moved the program forward because he's installed some things. But I will go on time, record. Like, I, think, bad. I think Jay Money and I have gone on record saying we think they made a great after. I think he's all a great hire this for insane them. thing. Like I think he's great for them. Well, not we've talked in that, about like you know not not in any kind of pejorative way. I really yeah. do think that no, he's a but great the, fit. But there's Tennessee. we've talked many times in basketball and football. There's differences between a guy who's good for a program and will get them out of the mire they've been in, and a guy who knows how to coach in a game. We've right. seen it at like, Purdue. You see guys who are good at one thing, but really I mean, Painter, not good at really Painter, Painter's Painter a great recruiter. Earlier in his program career, runner. I'm, sh- mm-hmm. I'm sure that Ipoh is going to get better, but wow, was he a disaster today. And wow, was that defense a disaster today. Or, I mean, uh, you know, on, on uh, whatever Friday. What day? Um, whatever day, who cares? Time was not real. Uh, I, I don't go back to work until next week, so all those days are Tuesdays for all I can think. Um, but... That was why I wanted you like, that's why I was like, you really need to. So if anybody hasn't read that just to scan and remember the game again, that was a really good one. Um, But then the other thing is like, 
they were playing with all their horses and Purdue was literally playing to Dowd's point with like half of their team out, not just the opt-outs, which are the two All-Americans. Not just the best offensive and defensive player they have, but then all the other guys who were the out. best offensive of... linemen. Like, <laughs> maybe like by the end of the game, like what, four wide receivers, including Bell? Like Purdue was down four wide receivers, Bell yeah. and Wright. I called out, out some of the guys. I mean, you made a great point Sheffield during the game injury. to us. When we were saying when when O'Connell threw that one terrible interception over the middle, Awful. we were complete. Yeah, and you you made a really good. You said it was a bad throw for sure, and he shouldn't have done it. But you made a great point that you said you got guys out there who have not who who they not only played, haven't played much, played this had season. not played. Period. They had. It was it was awesome during the press conference because AOC was asked that, and he was like, actually, even though we don't like do that because we have so many players that we need to keep on a rep count. We've actually had a lot of practice reps because they're just filling in at this point. Um, So apparently like over the second half of the season, all of these new guys did have a ton, at least the receivers had a ton of practice practice in practice. And I, and I would say, so here's the thing you have to be able to react to a defense with some experience. You have to be able to find the soft spot in a zone. You have to be able to have the wherewithal say play is broken down. Where do I go now, right? I mean, have a second and third move to go against that defense. And I don't think those guys had that. I mean, it, and so to, to all Tennessee fans crying, please uh, make sure to at me on Twitter because I enjoy every single one of them. Every Tennessee fan complaining gives me strength. I will uh, say, I, I, got, I got a tactic for you guys. It's pretty fun, though. And I did this in, per, in person a couple of times. I if I saw a Tennessee fan on the sidewalk after the game, I'd say, "Hey, good game," you know, like fist bump. And then they'd say, "Refs gave you that one." I said, "Yep, you're right." I mean, what? Who, I don't yeah, care. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't care. Doesn't sure. that suck for you? Yeah. I mean, like exactly. I don't want to argue. We have. I know it's not say. true, and, but yeah, sure, right. And, even, and then to the third point which, you know, the first being all of the times Hypo gave up the game, you know, the second being Purdue was playing mostly backups and the third being, okay, let's say it all boiled down to that one play. It wasn't a touchdown. Yeah. Sorry. Pass forward progress was stopped. The ref was running onto the field before he reached his arm out Mm -hmm. and he was being pulled before he reached his arm out. You mean before his teammate pulled his arm across the goal? So it's like, (laughs) what are we talking about here? But they will latch on to anything. Yeah. It's 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 incredible. But it's incredible. It's not just it's like it's it's you know media who the also also on the other were, side the refs were consistently horrible. The review refs were bad. I think the they ACC, took away two yeah. Purdue catches that were catches. I mean, like that 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 bothered me. I'm like, how's that not a catch? And they seem to be looking at everything that was a Purdue pass, right? But on the other side, it's like Brahm had to beg them to look. At the like one that, that short hop, off the ground, yes. Which I I that's an open, said that's an open I said watching case. it live, I could tell it was a short hop, right? And then they had to beg them to look at it. Like, well, Brahm was uh, livid a couple times, like coming way out on the field, and that was one of them. The other time he came on way on the field was I think was it near the two point conversion or something? He was way down there because we were down in that corner. That's where my seats were. And I can't remember. He was he was mad at something. Um, but he was way, way out on the field. Um, so, Brown is there a moment? Brown is there a moment in the game? That one's so bad. Probably, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
I mean, like, because he was embarrassed still from the last time, which now we can officially on the record, I think (laughs) we can officially now mention the drubbing that Purdue took in the Motor City Bowl two years ago, three years ago, because now it's been erased from the record. It's fine. We're good. It's It's redeemed. It's like when you fail a class and you take the same class again and they redline it out. Exactly. That's right. That's what happens. He wanted that one pad, man. Yeah. Did you, was there a moment for for either of you guys? Because I had one. I recorded it. Um, I still have it on my phone. But was there a moment you thought that's the play that won the game and it wasn't because there was so much more football that was played? The late Brock touchdown. You know, I thought that was like I that was incredible. That was where I thought Tennessee Tennessee looked like they gave up. Right. Like that was where, you know, not, and that was the, kind of, that was coming on the heels of what I think Jay Buddy's the, answer is going to be. But yeah, I, I thought. That well, was I was going to say, you say what it looks like they gave up. You don't think they look like they gave up on the Payne Durham touchdown? Because that was the, the frick. I wasn't going to say that as my answer. I was going to say, and I don't think this is when I thought, oh, they won the game. But yeah. I felt the proverbial momentum shift when Heupel decides to go for it on fourth down. Another right. play I, I showed up one. In a chip shot field goal range, I understand. So somebody came at me, I think a Tennessee, I think a Tennessee sure. person, acting like I was an idiot for that tweet, saying, <clears throat> and uh, do you know what the probabilities were? Going for it, the metrics suggest 76% of the time you win, not going for it, 73% of the time you win. And he acted as though I was a moron for saying right. you kick it there. Split, I said that's not statistically yeah. significant. If it was 80 to 20, 20 then you yeah. could call me an idiot. But my point is you have to like this is where the analytics and pro and anti-analytics people don't quite like it's yes, where the, the people t- who don't quite get it and just see the numbers. Sometimes like, you have to read the situation, right? Randy, it is even like when it, they are within this is how now it's a work. now it's a call. Now it's a exactly. call when they're even. And, and that's what coaching is. And here's what I would say. <clears throat> that was a 15 play drive. And they had talked earlier in the game about how Tennessee's offensive coordinator will will tell, tell his it's coach, yep. we've got to end this drive. Yep. The guys are tired. They were tired. Both teams were tired, but but that's you you just told this whole story. Right. That's the time you kick. You make it more than a field goal game. Now it's four points. Now Purdue and now we gotta go for the it. The fallacy of the predetermined outcome, right? Obviously, you don't know what's gonna happen next. But now Purdue knows they have to score a touchdown. Right. If they do that, right? They didn't. Purdue stuffed them, and I thought, oh, that's exactly what I wanted. It's a right. one-point game now, and right. Purdue has the ball back, and right. you just took their soul yeah. by smashing them in the face on a poorly executed – that's the other problem I had with that, right? And I don't – we fine, if Hypo wants to be a bad coach. He rushes the play because Purdue's lining up quickly, mm-hmm. and if you rewatch that clip, Tennessee's in a – they stack the line. It's a yep. run. There's no doubt it's a run. And if you watch, there's one receiver up high. And he just does that thing where he stands there. Like when they used to every now and then split like Tom Brady out wide. Yep. And he just kind yep. of stands there and watches the play. There right. was no doubt. There was nothing happening but a run up the middle. I think Purdue knew that too. <laughs> yeah. Like it was fourth and two, I believe. It wasn't fourth and one. It wasn't right. fourth and inches. He had to get six feet. Sorry. So here, can you guys explain to me? Maybe you guys figured this out watching on TV because I could not figure this out. You have a coach that went for it on fourth and two there. You had a coach that went for it on fourth and nine after that penalty that sent him back five yards, right? Mm -hmm. And that same coach wouldn't go for two to end the game and win it. See, like, Jay, you were like, okay, I get it because situationally it wasn't deep enough into the game. But, but 
This guy has no problem in believing his bigs can beat your True. bigs, and they're going to hit you in the mouth, and it's easy, right? He believes that. He clearly believes that. I, but he kept kicking points after. I'm like, he could end this damn game right now. I think there's a big difference mentally with boneheads like him. They An extra point versus a two. The, 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 it's so ingrained that you don't go for two unless you absolutely must. Right. And then I think fourth and two and on the 30 – that's seen as defensible or defendable. I think if you can, if you don't get it right, I think I'm just saying, I think it's a mindset thing. I don't right. think it's, right. I know what you're it, saying. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, the lack of consistency, being a gunslinger right. at some time right. and other times you're not, I just, I don't I mean, get that's it. Because... And that's not just the hypo thing. That's about you, Bob Brom, right? Until this right. year when it's right. like, right. or until after the four thirteen point games, which is like, you know, when is he going to oh. just, Put By the, the way, Mark Garrity, way. sorry to interrupt you. Mark Garrity just made a great point, and I heard that during the broadcast, and I forgot I about that it. That was huge. On that fourth down stuff, they brought his whole... out the whole D line yep. on third down. Yeah, and 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 that's another fail on Tennessee's part. Right, you have to see that. You have to see that. No, these guys are not exhausted. Now, maybe he's thinking, like you said, he's so arrogant. Maybe he's thinking, well, this oh, is these the are the twos, yeah, right, or fours in this and, game. Exactly. And meanwhile, how amazing is it that Purdue can line change a defensive line without <laughs> like their all American and still be okay? <laughs> fine. I mean, I'm like, fine. could oh, you, you guys have, are tired? Oh, we'll, we'll, could we'll you play. have imagined that not just in the Hazel era because we all know you know <laughs> right, that, right? But it's like, there could were you no imagine that during the Hope right. era, during the last years of Tiller? Like, can you I imagine can't... Danny Hope executing anything like that? Like, Any fifteen guys would have run on the field, oh and one would have run off, and it would have been. <laughs> What are you talking about? Danny, Danny Hope is the ultimate chaos engine. I love it. Oh, so, hey, can I ask you guys another question? This follows up brilliantly on that, uh, the point by, uh, by Mark. Okay, so have we seen the Purdue football program get over a hump? That it hasn't been since, it hasn't been to since Tiller, where depth is built in so well. That this wasn't a fluke. And, and and I think you could build the case in two places this season where it showed that this depth isn't a fluke and that th- he has really built up the program to the point where it's actually a program. It's not just a good team. Mm-hmm. There's more right. here behind it. Can we make that argument? Or am I being wishful and um, being too gold-colored glasses by thinking I that? think where you see – I think a lot of um, fan bases make the mistake of looking at – recruiting rankings right to see whether a team has a team really goes two three deep at each position right i think you need these kind of situations where you have an entire program going on the road to play an sec team functionally in a bowl game (laughs) and you know that not you know like almost double digit number of backups got real uh, time on both side on you know total both sides of the ball mm-hmm. and everybody stepped up everybody was up to the challenge that's the kind of thing where it's like it's a mentality right as much as physicality it's it's between the ears program wide all of a sudden everybody i mean like we are you know it's now like the hey did you know jimmy graham played basketball thing for us but mm. like the fact that aoc was eighth on a nine man depth chart when he first got to <laughs> Purdue, like, and now he's the guy. Now yeah. he's the next guy in the cradle who mm-hmm. uh, two months ago yeah. would have said that AOC is the next guy in the cradle. You know what I mean? And so, and well, I think he's in, right. Do you guys agree? He's, in? I think you said, that, I, I don't probably see how... not, but he's going to be like, Man. he's, 
I mean, he's, like, see, we, right made this, now, we had this discussion with Blau a couple of years ago. Three of us did. Right. And I think we all agreed that Blau was in. Again, uh, he's that, he's that, but if, if AOC leaves now, he's at that he, same kind of Blau right. case. And so right. I don't think so. Right. But I <laughs> think if AOC, he throws for 4,000 yards next year, which he could do, wild, absolutely insane. And so it's like, it, da- Boiler Dad can't believe it. <laughs> He's incredulous. What? What? Four thousand yards? Oh, no, man. I had You're a watching this on video. Camera. That was fantastic. Uh, yeah, but it was fantastic. no, it. I, I, to me, why it seems, why it feels, why that win feels so much more momentous than pretty much anything um, that we've seen, including the Iowa win, including the Michigan State win, is that it was with with a lot of backups. And it did show that everybody was ready and it showed the mentality of the whole team. That is yeah, exactly. Yeah. That is a program. With. So here's, never- here's, a, here's a thought about it being a program versus just a team, right? Okay. We watch Ohio state just absolutely just loaded to the gills and, and Alabama. It's stupid. It's not even, it doesn't make any sense and whatever. <laughs> it's a different but sport. It, yeah. It's a different sport, whatever. Okay. But the thing you have to do is you have to say, okay, we're going to, we're going to have bolstered positions where we have really, really good talent. We're going to have developmental positions where guys like Coach Shepard are going to take good and make them great. And we're going to be able to – we're going to build enough depth that we're not going to be forced to use those guys right away. But the big thing is going to be, okay, the systems are in place and everybody is buying into those systems, right? That's kind of the, the – the, you say, okay, this is what we do. This is what we have done. You got to understand, like Carmen said this in his podcast, his wrap up, that um, you can say to a player, hey, you better be ready because you may play. Or you can say, hey, you better be ready because did you see that AOC had to play as a walk on? Did you see that we had a guy who didn't play a down have two catches in a bowl game, right? You can just say, dun, 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 dun. just go through a litany of truths, right? That's a lot differently than theorizing. So, so, getting guys all ready and saying mentally, you better be ready to play because we have shown time and time again, not only will you be called on, but you're expected to do big things. That next man up thing is not a joke. It is not fake here. It is needed. Right. The other, the other big thing is like that wins like this, when everybody is watching, when it's as crazy as it is, when it's against a name brand like Tennessee, which they Mm. still are. um, And it was, I think at the, it was the only it must have been the only game that was on at the time so everybody yeah. who was interested was watching, watching. you said the number just climbed the entire game just like john john was saying mm-hmm. with the transfer rules the way you build depth is to build a fun team to have marquee wins and to show that you're going to get playing time right. do you think that it was lost on some of these transfer um you know potential players that the whatever winner of the game mvp was a transfer into the program. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it, like yeah. Brock Thompson was the biggest impact player of that game. And so like without Brock, you know, if, if he is like a normal human being, if I had needed two knee surgeries, I'm not walking to the kitchen. I was going to say, right. Like I'm done. Goodness. That's it. I'm done walking. Just cut my legs off and put those <laughs> blades on. And that's it. Brock also, what's interesting to me is that, I couldn't believe how pedestrian his stats were until this week. Yeah. I didn't realize he didn't he, – he had like 20, 30 yards here and there. You know why? Because the couple touchdowns he had were circus touchdowns. 
Right? He had that he one in the end it. zone in the yeah. corner that looked like no human that didn't look possible. Look like it looked like he threw it into the tunnel and somehow he just reached up and caught it. Right. And I couldn't believe how I thought he had you know how you know like you know your school's got a good wide receiver in core when you're like he was one of the guys with a 200 yard game. I yeah. think he, I think right. he did. Now, now he is, but he right. wasn't right. going into that game. And <clears throat> it was funny because AOC started to obviously look for him a lot. Right, he started to really look for him and Payne Durham. Oh, Payne Durham. We haven't talked about Payne Durham. That that touchdown catch and run. God, did that just warm my soul? Just watching Tennessee players. What did they you know, do? Did they think they know, went out Justin, of bounds? In the in the in the SEC, it just means more, man. It, it just does. it just it means more. They it Don't right ever there. talk down <laughs> about the SEC. The SEC <laughs> dominant. Do you know that they've got two teams in the national title game? That's that means that, that Tennessee is great, yeah. even though they're not one of the great. two. Means in... Kentucky's great. Means yeah. Hey Kentucky, I, I, hey, Kentucky might be able to take Tennessee Ken- because Kentucky yeah. is pretty good. <laughs> Um, but it's just like that run was incredible. Like that, that pain Durham, like what an exclamation mark. That's another one I had to put up just to how I put that on Twitter because of how poor the effort was. I mean, even if they thought it looked to me like they thought they must've all stepped out of bounds as a group. Cause one of the guys looks down at his feet, one of the, and and if that was the case and he didn't want to continue tackling a guy cause he thought he was out of bounds. I do get that. You don't want to give him 15 yards, but there's three more guys around him. Yeah. They all re- they couldn't have all thought that, and then when they realize he's not down, <clears throat> the pe- the chasing was so like mm, I can't believe we have to well, chase. Payne's him. not the fastest guy, right? And they weren't like they weren't going up there to make a good tackle. It was like right. they're just running next to him to be in a parade. My my favorite my favorite <laughs> an escort. Thing, yeah. My favorite thing <laughs> was we usually. You're always afraid when somebody is mm. stiff arming one way that he's that the sure. other guy coming out the other side is going to pop. Yeah, I was not afraid because that was, and neither was Payne because he clearly saw the guy coming from behind. He was, and like, he was yeah. like, "This dude couldn't get me fifty yards out. What is he going to do? Take the ball from me?" Yeah, huh? you're little. So he slowed. He slowed down to stiff turn, arm the guy yeah. behind him. Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. He was more concerned that they were going to dive at his legs and trip him than actually right. pull him down intentionally. Plus, That's plus, when you got a down. when you got a tight end running sixty yards, yeah. man, it takes a long time. Well, yeah, that reminded fans. me of when Dallas Clark made Purdue look dumb at Iowa, where he it's ran like ninety, and it was took forever. Took and like, like most of the quarter to get. Yeah, this. exactly. <laughs> the one thing I'll give Iowa these for the fraudulent drive. program. Yeah. Credit make, for on, on offense. Oh, those White tight, tight ends, ends. are fun. Oh, big biscuit eating corn fed tight ends. I love and now it. Purdue's got them. And now Purdue's and got now them. Purdue has Garrett Miller's up next. An endless yeah. array. They're, they're good. They're they're good. They're deep in that possession. I put Paferi's there. He's ready to step up. He's he started. Herdman was there. Herdman was there. I mean, like I know Hopkins doesn't fit all these parameters that we've just created arbitrarily because he's <laughs> very athletic and he happens not to be completely white. But the but that guy, I mean, the, look at the line of tight ends we've just named. Yeah, Hopkins, incredible. I mean, this this is great. There's a rhythm happening now. And here, here, let me go. Let me let me add my little part of what what happened on that play. And you guys already know this. Part of what happened on that play is that fatigue that was on. It was already set. Oh, yeah. Right. How big oh, was yeah. the- They were already beat, and it, it's really hard to tackle a big guy. And you have to when you're when you're forty pounds lighter. Right, you're like, okay, I gotta go. Put my shoulder pad in his groin, drive him, drive him through. Right? Yes. Instead, they're like, you know what? I'm gonna patty cake him out of bounds. Grab He's gonna be out of bounds. It'll be fine. 
Yeah. Or and then I'm, I'm gonna my buddy's gonna come over. Here's gonna shove him too. That's enough. And then the third guy's gonna be there to to root us on and to watch. Yeah, everybody gives him a hug. Everybody gather around. Give this big tight end a hug. He's going to quit. The, the funny thing is, so that play ran right at us, okay? So we're in the place in the stadium where you're watching. You're watching just like Tennessee players are watching. Play's dead. Oh, wait. Play's not dead. And there, he's coming right at you. And the, our whole six is like, Wah! Like, it was great. By the way, one really, it was it, – what? Yeah, so my son, he's in, he's off camera here. LBD says, I looked away at the game. I looked at my phone and said, okay, that play's done. <laughs> just Why wouldn't you think? He's right by the out of bounds. All they literally have to do is chuck him, right? Right. They couldn't even hit do him that. hard. Yeah. Hit him hard. There were there were three or four guys around him. So even yeah. if he had to team up, but yeah. listen, you know. I you know it's it, that's where it's like, hey, don't mm-hmm. let Georgia and Alabama like. To say, say that all te- all SEC teams are this tough and this the SEC has deep two good teams. This, yeah, yep. well, two no. The SEC has two, two very, great teams. Yes, and then the rest of them are of like teams. the teams. Big Ten plus Nick Saban guys. Let's be real honest. Yeah, yeah. It's, that's what yeah. the SEC is. Yeah, Nick because... Saban is the great drunkifier of the SEC. He's incredible. He never stops. They're always there. I think we can put Georgia. I think we can put Georgia. I mean, Kirby, I think. Well, I mean, you let him do it again. No, No, because because they gave up that game versus Alabama, which makes me say they're not. I don't think they're going to. Kirby you put me down Saban. on it. Put me down on it. I don't think they're going to be able to do it again. bring up John Younger's uh, question. No, I agree. It's tough to beat a team twice like that. Um, But until – wouldn't you agree betting against Saban is like – Kind of not a good. Oh idea. yeah. Oh no. No no. Never bet against I mean, Saban. Correct. You are. I mean, never put money. Never do any of no, that. I no. am just. Yeah. I'm I agree with you though. Feeling. If you're forcing me to pick yeah. in that game, I'm I probably have to say you have to favor Georgia in that game yeah. in that championship. That, that being said, um, all so John. Stuff, yeah. Go ahead. Younger says, "Did uh, Yanni see the field at all against Tennessee?" Yes. Yes. Did he? He, did. he was on special teams at least two or three times. So wasn't seeing the field during regular play though. And that's the thing. It's. Um, I think part of it is because guys like Alexander were playing through. I mean, like, and he wanted anybody who says he's acting wasn't paying attention because he was hurt early in the game. His hamstrings bothered him. His hamstring and groin it looked like because he kept punching himself in the groin, which is a funny look. Um, I'm not going to tell you why it's a funny look, but if you guys start punching yourself in the groin, you might see on your own. Try it out. Yeah, give it a a wind up. up. Really? Yeah, just Just how. but there were a couple questions asked earlier about Purdue faking injuries, and I want to challenge you guys to think about the situation. You haven't played football in a month and a half. Okay, let's say you're a starter and you haven't played football in a month and a half, and now you're playing the fastest-paced offense in America. That's one. Now, second scenario. You're a scrub or a second or a third stringer. Now you're playing more or a or third scenario. Minute. You're a guy who doesn't play at all. And now you're playing all the time and you're, you're playing against that same offense. We talked about a second ago was Purdue instructed to take dives. I don't think so. No, those, the, the guys who were doing it are not wimps and they were hurt and they were hurt. Early. I, I think one time, early. I think one time Lawrence Johnson went down 
just to buy a little more time. Lawrence but Johnson couldn't walk, Anish. And by the end of the game, it was real. He couldn't get on the field. And the point is it's that amazing. there was one, the one time that everybody uses to, like, as the Zapruder film right. for like, hey, it was when he looked at the sideline and right. he took a knee, right? right? It is what it is. It hap- it's, it's like using a referee when you're, you know, when you're running a crossing a route, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, that's, that is what it is. Right. But then, like, if you look at the situations every other time, None of them were beneficial to Purdue. It would have been actually more beneficial for them to keep that momentum up. And it's like, and don't you you think, here's what I would say. I could see the coaching staff having said, which is you're playing a fast paced offense. If you're cramping or if you're hurting, don't gut it out for the next play. Right. Right. If you're hurting, Go down for a minute, and we will get you off the field. Right, like and I can see them saying they're that because that will come cost right us in your gap. Yeah, they're going to go right at that. They're going to see you limping, and they're going to yeah. go at you. I don't, I don't know if coded. you saw this, but you were you were watching the game, watching the TV broadcast again. In the middle of like the third quarter, maybe second and third quarter, they put the snap clock. So like the clock from the end of the previous like snap to the beginning of the ones. Oh no! In the it, Every step within 15 seconds, every yeah. time from literally the end, the, the ref has to set the ball, the yeah. offense is set, Incredible. and they snap within 15 seconds every single time. I mean, to your right. point, they decided to be fast, and right. they are you know, they are among the fastest teams They're that incredible. I have seen They're in incredible. college. But that, but so somebody asked the question is, why do you think? I think it's a good question, it's an interesting question to think, and I, and I think about it. I think I've got the answer already. Why does Tennessee blast out to these leads against teams? Is it as simple as this pace is you can't, you, you don't know what to do with it, or is it more? Okay, and right. I, my here's my theory my yeah. theory is simple. Okay, that pace is still predicated on how quickly your linemen can get set and get out there and continue to go, just like they reference. So that first quarter, they are fresh. Those big 300 pounds, and those are not lean linemen. Those are big, legit linemen, okay? I mean, they're they're leaner than, say, the fat guys that you've seen just kind of lumbering around. But they're not – these guys aren't waste. You know, this isn't Rodriguez's line from West Virginia, which read a, that's the second fastest offense I've ever seen. So they get it all out in the first quarter. Then they're gassed the entire rest of the game. I really believe that. I well, agree. Or do you I mean, it also puts your defense out there all the time. It's right? the it's the problem of the early tiller days, right? Yeah. Like early tiller when it was basketball on grass, and all of a sudden everybody's like, "What is this?" Um, like you're you're putting a lot of stress on your defense. You score a minute and a half. It's tough. The clock, the or you're punting in the minute and a half, right? Right. And right. The clock if it does not, working, not move, yeah. it's a yeah. five. It literally, it was yeah. a five-hour game. That's, That's why those. Like, I mean, the the, the NFL team. The depth, What's that? If you don't have the depth, which Tennessee doesn't, and I think like two or three years down the road, I think they will, you know, building it, oh, yeah. you, need, you need to be, you know, three or four deep at every position to be able to do this. Um, but until you have the depth, like you are going to get bit in the back, but maybe it's worth it to just kind of build kind of an entertaining product, kind of the way that Tiller did. And I didn't look at their, me, right? I didn't look at their season. They might've had a few near misses where, they're seven and six and they could easily be nine and four. I don't know. I would assume there probably were a couple where if you just had a little more, uh, you know, gas in the tank, maybe that's, and then you would argue it is working. Um, It's a hard thing. So like, so James Melton asked the question, if they would have slowed down sometime, maybe their offense would have done better. I think that's the question about that. That's like saying, well, if Joe Tiller would have said, okay, we're just gonna be smashed mouth football for a quarter. 
right? That's not what defines you. Yeah. That's not what you, that's not the horse that brought you in. Like Joe Tiller used to always say, ride the, ride the horse that brought you. Right. So your identity should be your identity. Um, I have a hard time with saying, okay, we're now going to be a ball control offense just to give our defense a break. It's hard to switch gears, right? Mm-hmm. It's really hard. And that quarterback, I gotta say, he is, he is amazing, awesome. amazing at managing that system. They had the Michigan quarterback, the transfer, he ran it and did not do as nearly as good of a job. Um, but the guy pretty much doesn't throw picks. He is mm-hmm. great at running the ball. He, he had a great game. He had a, he had a inside, inside 15 yards. He was pretty accurate. The problem he can't, he can't and this is, and so this yeah. is the problem where it's hypo again, where, you know, you, he, he's a step. That's why it's like, he's establishing a program identity. He's mm-hmm. starting, you know, he, he, does not have the most stable of programs to, uh, you know, resurrect. <laughs> let's just right. say nicely. Um, they need to win know, quickly. They need to twin quickly. They need to have an identity in the SEC. Right. They're doing all of that, right? Yep. That being said, when your quarterback is really good at running a West Coast system, which is those intermediate routes, five to 15 yards, why do you keep going deep? When he, can't, when he is not accurate deep, even though they're burning some Purdue corners, there were so many of those where Purdue corners were burnt, by the way. Yeah. Like he could not hit them. So why did he keep going at them? I don't get it. It it's it bothers I think he went I think it went at them because of that that little bit of success that they had. I think it's that simple. This is hilarious. <laughs> Kevin Spry says when when I look at Hypel, I don't think fast paced. Nor does anybody. Man, he I, likes I, the food down there. Yo, Gosh. I did not know. One thing you're thinking of fast paced is the Uber delivery, man. <laughs> Heupel got more Heisman votes than Drew Brees. It's incredible to think that guy was a Heisman candidate. And you look at him now and he looks like he's never exercised. (laughs) It also is another sign of aging because, man, I feel old when I look at Josh Heupel. Exactly. We remember him being a bad dude. Yeah. Even even Painter, who is not the most uh, you know uh, thin of people right now <laughs> in his great coaching state in his peak form, he's not. The, but you can still tell like he's a big dude. He's, he's got a frame dude. on him. He can yeah. tell that he he was an athlete. I wouldn't want him to back me down. I'll tell you that. No. I, <laughs> Hypo, I could. I mean, come on. You he was a video oh, analyst. Yeah. You could have told me that he was a video analyst. I did not remember. You know what? Tennessee. Him at Tennessee. This brings all. me. This brings me to. I mean, him and Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Sorry, yeah. I'm going to give you a little non sequitur here. I had this thought. This is this is what happens when you're drinking bourbon after a Purdue Bowl win. Um, <laughs> Dylan, Dylan says he embraces it. I noticed Heupel walks with his belly out with pride, well, as one should. You know what? It takes a lot of work to get that thing. So, I had this thought. This is a complete non sequitur, but sort of related. I was looking at Heupel and thinking about guys like Heupel and Kirby Smart, and they kind of just have that sort of suburban dad look right and i was thinking imagine if the different conferences put together uh uh uh, intramural football teams the coaches the big 10 would have brahm at quarterback i assume right you'd have you'd have mel tucker play whatever mel wants to play wherever he wants whatever respect you you'd have pj cuckoo fleck would be a wide receiver not not bad possession guy he can fly still we see him run around dramatically all the time Fits at middle linebacker. Think about where I'm going here. You'd have yeah. Bert as a lineman. Like now, Ryan Day looks SEC. mighty square. What's that? Yeah. Ryan, Ryan Day looks Ryan mighty Day. square. You could yeah. get him as a fullback. Yeah. Right. See where I'm going here? None of those guys. Franklin's, Franklin's in good shape. 
Franklin's insane. The only one, like, Bert. Bert is a is, is a listen, he, you he's gotta a have some. You gotta have some hogs taking up space. He's a he is man. a hog. Now think about the SEC. Who in the SEC looks like they've ever even played football? It's wild. It's insane. It's incredible. None of them. You can. <laughs> How about you, that? See, this is this is the I value you get. This is the type of thing Bourbon brings to you. For a second, I was like, "Wait a minute, SEC Ed Orgeron could." Oh yeah, no Brian Kelly is the head out. coach of Notre Dame. Exactly. I was more, in South more suburban dads. I was in South Bend all uh, Christmas, like all Christmas week, and everybody there. So most of my family, I have converted from Notre Dame fans to either outright Purdue fans or they were root for both Purdue and Notre Dame. And every single one of them is like, wow, are we glad that Brian Kelly, like, nobody is upset that Brian Kelly left. And in fact, most of them are like either, hey, this Marcus Freeman guy seems really cool or, oh, my God, I'm so glad they kept him. Like, I cannot believe that they got rid of Kelly mm-hmm. and somehow kept like held on to Marcus Freeman. And so this is a disaster, but that's OK. We'll be fine. It'll be OK. Yeah. Yeah. Notre Dame is yeah. <sighs> It was fantastic. To listen, Didn't they get the number two in re- two recruit in America just like yesterday or something. Yeah, I mean, like they've got the highest recruiting. They've got oh, a higher recruiting class good. than anything that Brian Kelly's ever pulled in. Now, yesterday was about the best that could have happened. Where for a while you were like, "Oh, all right, Marcus Freeman, happy, happy for you." And then they did what Notre Dame does. And yeah, like, just, awesome. like, okay, good. More of that. Perfect. Yeah. Exactly. More of that. Give everybody enough hope that you keep your job because we yeah. like you. But keep losing big games. Perfect. Just keep winning enough so that eventually the Indianapolis Colts will need a new head coach and just hire him away. That's it. That's what I want. Yeah. Well, Wright keeps doing what he does about every fourth game. Oh, man. All right. So, hey, let me – let me oh, ask I you guys a couple about, questions. I forgot about Harbaugh and all that. John Figger yeah. reminds me that John Harbaugh. He's in good shape, but it's he's weird khaki guy. So yeah, he would. He doesn't do it. He doesn't do the khakis anymore. Have you noticed this year? He, yes, he did. Change he's that. a he's abandoned the khakis. He's so. He's now Didn't he have a doctor's uh, contract for a bit? He did, but yeah. uh, you know he changed it up, and now right. they started winning. Yeah, and, that's simple. You know, not anymore. It. It was in anyway. The Go all right. Let me, okay, so let me ask you. Let me ask you guys three questions. Okay. Oh, all right. Three questions. These were these were premeditated. I actually did some homework. All right. What's your biggest surprise of the season? It can be positive or negative. It can be a game. It can be a single performance. It can be an ongoing theme. But can you give me a big surprise? Your biggest surprise. Maybe this is lazy. Okay. Maybe this is lazy. But okay. How could it not be Aiden O'Connell? Like I did not think I liked him. See, this well, you and thing. I talked about this. I think that's yeah. We all loved the guy. Yeah, and we all loved his dedication. But, and when he came in as a walk-on in one game, right. That when they weren't even that good a couple years ago, mm-hmm. and fought them down to the wire in that IU bucket game. But we all thought, well, he's just not the most talented guy on the bench. That's okay. He's going to be a backup. That's fine. So for him to come out and do this and to sling it four or 500 yards a game multiple times, I, I don't see how that – for me, that's – maybe it's too lazy, too easy, but that's that's a big surprise for me. Okay. It's a good answer. I, I think regardless, it's a good answer. Anish, do you have one? In terms of the game, Michigan State, um, you know, it, like we were at the beginning of the year, we yeah. all pegged that Michigan State game as, yeah, they could win that. Maybe. Michigan State yeah. is bad now. Um, you know, they're going to be, you know, they're going to be reloading by the middle of the year. You're like, whoa, oh, maybe Wisconsin can be one. football now. Yeah. And that that, the performance that they came out with in that game after, you know, like a, uh, you know, not so great stretch earlier in the year, um, that was probably the single single biggest surprise 
mm-hmm. in terms of performance. <clears throat> I I mean, we we had three different MVPs for the year, right? Which were David Bell, George Karloftis, and AOC. I think you could. I mean, like it was the lazy take for the former two, right? Like yeah, calling for yeah. David Bell or George Karloftis. Yeah, I mean, like AOC's. They AOC's did exactly what everybody great. thought they would, which is pretty awesome, right? I mean, it was incredible. They were superstars. Yeah. Yeah, and Aiden O'Connell is now shaping up to be the best quarterback in the Big Ten, or at least the Big Ten West, at least best quarterback outside of uh, Ohio State, maybe. Oh yeah, Stroud's like, great. Stroud, I, to me, it's a one-two. I mean, but I, I put Stroud out in front. We had Michael Hogg easily. ask about that. Yeah. You know, he said. Is it is it Stroud and AOC? Absolutely, you know. But I would, but I would put Stroud as a far he's, one. Yeah, he's oh, so yeah. good. Uh, he, and with another year, he's going to be. I mean, like that's a. I'm. I was a, trying to come up yeah. with a, the Alabama, um, the Heisman winner, um, uh, uh, the Alabama quarterback. Right, I know you're talking about. You know, um, I can't do it either. Right I know I'm old now. <laughs> right. so I've had bourbon. That's fifty-seven percent. Right, right. Um, but it's like he all him and Bryce Stroud. Young. Yeah, Bryce Young are all of a sudden like I thought they were eh, probably a little overhyped too. Oh my goodness. Like right. these guys are oh yeah. no. No, they're no, they're good. They're <laughs> no, really, they're really, really freaking good. Really great. No. Yeah. They no, won't have to play each other until what, first weekend of December next year? Hey-o. Right, there exactly. Exactly. They're not on the season. Okay, okay the, so um I'm gonna ask you another question, and this this could go along. I asked you about the surprise could be negative or positive. Do you have a big disappointment this season? I know. Um, I mean, the disappointment is we got to nine wins and still have not seen a PJ Fleck win. I mean, we've seen it, but like, yes, we still didn't get a PJ Fleck win this year. Uh, you know, that one really bothers me because it was so close. And if Purdue just played marginally close to the way they played all year, then they win that game and now they're a 10 wins team. But honestly, I'm I'm more disappointed by the Wisconsin game because Purdue played, and I'm doing this from memory, but they played very poorly in the first half. Purdue did nothing right in that first half. And if I'm remembering yeah. correctly, they, it was like a one-point game at the half yeah. or something, yeah. right? And I remember thinking, okay, this is, the, this is what now Purdue's program is becoming, where even if they don't play their best, they're in it against teams that they struggled with in the past. So play a good half, guys, and right. you win this game at home. I mean, and they played a, another terrible half. So that's probably – that was – that was, and if you talk about no real bad games, it wasn't an atrocity – but start to finish was probably the most discombobulated, like just nothing went right in that game. And so, so that's my, this is, this is Illinois, Wisconsin. Oh, Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, my, me, my biggest disappointment of the year is that we didn't get to see Yassine for very long. We saw, yeah. we saw the glimpse of him that I thought he was going to be right. That you're like, okay, this he's coming out. This is, this is what, you know, guys like me have been excited about that specific player. And then he gets hurt. And so I was like, tag. And I really, I, I have very high hopes for you seeing next season. Another a receiver to take the top off would be very fun. Yeah. And he's, he's a guy like he can run great routes. I think he was paying, paying attention to bell. Um, uh, I hope all these guys stick, you know, it's so, it's such a weird thing where, where when a guy decides to transfer, you're like, dang, Navit. you know, like as long as it's something like, not like car where it feels like there's tampering, I'm like, okay, this is just the nature of the game. You want a guy to that, to feel comfortable and be where he wants to be, but that you've seen as a guy, I want to see him grow up in black and gold because I think he's going to do something huge. So I mean, and that that's another point for the transfers in Brock Thompson. 
Purdue loses recruits a lot from Indianapolis because Indianapolis is a hotbed and a lot of places are recruiting Indianapolis. But it's always fun now that there's the secondary market to get players like Brock Thompson who either – I mean, Brock Thompson is the other end where he was under-recruited out of Indy, went to Mm -hmm. Marshall, and then came back. It's like after kind of proving himself. And I think um, Brad Lambert probably knew of him. Um, you know, after being at, you know, after being even though he's on the other side, probably, you know, uh, connections to him at Marshall. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, it is like that kind of thing where it's like, you, you now have, you're now recruiting year round. You're now trying to, you know, get even more arguments to say that Purdue is a landing spot. And so on the other side of that, it is, you know, Hey, maybe you can come here and have that instant impact. Even if you are, especially if you are kind of an indie product or an indie yeah. product. Did you guys read this? I, and I, I posted on Twitter that, um, the, the the worst five or best five, depending on your perspective. I think anybody would say it's the worst five from there, from there. The worst five programs in college football for for losing transfers. I use number two with sixteen transfers that have already left. Okay. The great news is Purdue's gotten three in the last two years. That's an awesome thing to see. But it's funny to me. Like I, I've said really overtly, I do not think things are clean in Bloomington right now <laughs> because these things don't line up, right? They well, do not so, add up. so actually what that probably is, is the new recruiting calendar. Because with the signing day and commitment days becoming earlier and earlier, mm. you're not you're like now all of a sudden, IU got the majority of their class after their you know last two really good seasons right like they had two back-to-back really good seasons and by this summer they were all kind of soft inked right which is you don't you're not going to see players flip immediately during the season that they're going to commit um even with signing day in in december and so like that this recruiting class is probably a byproduct of their two strong years i just i I, even say that and i've heard this argument made that's it doesn't work that way after a two win season though. I mean, like yeah, this it is, does because guys, what's gonna happen? You guys jump ship. Guys jump ship all the time. Double, they did have guys jump ship, but when they they can't have a double digit number guy like a double digit number of guys jumping ship does not happen, um, like without a coaching change, right? Um, and so the other option is saying like all of these guys were already on board, already committed, and they're saying, "Hey, now it's time." You know, there's it's the it's the um, uh, Brahm argument that he uses all the time. You can come here and have an immediate impact. Sure, and so sure. But why? But why can you? Why does this work both ways? When Purdue has a bad season, whether it's a four win season, which we've seen, or a two win season in the weird COVID year. Everybody says, well, that's the reason why they didn't get what the, the class. Uh, that, that's wrong. I mean, like, I think that's wrong. I don't think it's wrong because yeah. it shows that it's true. It happened to Purdue. And it wasn't, it's not, you're not dealing with some coach that's toxic or old school or whatever. You're dealing with Brom, who's been pretty good. But, but also, a, this is this is the first year when the like when the calendar has changed like this. Uh, like when the recruiting, yeah, I don't, I, I don't believe it. And I'm going to say that I, I think I use make made a deal with the devil. I think they are going, we're going to find out that this is not on the up and up. I, 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 just, I actually, I think it'll fall apart also, but I mm-hmm. think it's the other way. The way I yeah. think in the next 12 months, we will see a ton of departures. Like, like, I think like we'll this, see a ton like of so that's what I'm saying is that yeah. you won't see that in the recruiting classes anymore. Mm-hmm. You'll now see that in the transfer market the year mm-hmm. after. Right. And right. so that's what I think. So this is a big year for IU you're saying. In 2022, I think if IU doesn't get off to a great start, 
if it there's will. a lot of internal strife, we will see a lot of players in December transfer. One of the main reasons they're not going to get off to a great start, start is their quarterback problems. And they've lost – their offensive line now is going to be depleted too. They've got tons of young talent, but those guys have to be plug-and-play young talent. That's a lot to ask. And, and again, the all of a sudden – Purdue already has one of them in that running back that's coming in. Yeah. All of a sudden, you, if you want to stay in the state – a nice soft landing spot is here for you at Purdue. And if you can right. play, that's right. it. And if you went to IU, you're probably also recruited by us. So yeah. it's like, you know, that's another thing that, um, you know, I, I actually see even in basketball too, mm-hmm. the transfer, like this kind of new landscape of transfers being this kind of secondary market of player actually mm-hmm. benefits teams like Purdue, where in basketball, you're recruiting three and four star players where it's like all of a sudden you have this consistent identity for a team. You have a consistent coach. You have like players who go, you have a constant level of success. Players know that, Hey, you know, if all else fails, I can come back, you know, I can come here or this will be a good landing spot or, Hey, I remember that they beat Tennessee in that crazy game. Let me at least hear their sales pitch. Like all of a sudden the, the, I think, teams even in in basketball and in football that have that stable identity like Purdue does will benefit from from this and that's good you know you, I, st- you I still think that the decks are so stacked in college football that it always benefits the big dogs I don't care they always seem to do they'll get they'll get the superstars really well. right but, right you know but we don't Purdue doesn't need the superstars Purdue needs depth you're, yeah. you're recruiting superstars but you are hoping to transfer in depth that's mm-hmm. when you when you're at the level of Purdue. That is kind of the you know that that's the the philosophy for the kind of the secondary yeah. market. Well, let me ask you a third question in this three part here, and this is, um, I think um, we I have a tendency to look ahead to the next season, regardless of when it is. A little too much, especially when things start really interesting. Like wins, we said, yeah, we all start talking wins. ten wins, twelve wins, fifteen wins. Do you have a surprise that you will see happen in twenty two right now? just based on what you've seen in the last month of Purdue football, like is, as there, has there been a shift in your, what you think the surprise will be? Cause I think we all believe double digit win is going to happen. I really, you know, this is all exaggeration. I don't, you know, people may think we're being funny. I don't think any of us, I don't think any of us think 10 wins is, is, is a pie in the sky thing at all right now. So nope. um, is there, but you have a surprise that you think that will happen in 22 based on what you've seen in the last month. I don't think the wide receiver room accumulatively takes a step back. No, um, yep, that's yep. not to say that Rondo Moore wasn't great. That's not to say that David Bell wasn't great. Right. These are kind of all-time Purdue legends at this point. I think that the wide receiver room is here to stay in terms of like production. It's going to come from. Yeah. It's going to be a little more spread out, mm-hmm. but it's going to uh, still come. And again, we still have this issue of Milton Wright. Nobody's still quite sure what's going to happen if he's yeah. coming back or not. Yeah. If he's going to be, I think it's academic eligibility. Yeah, um, that is the is the issue, which would be a bummer, a huge bummer if Purdue, you know, if if for but huge bummer for him, but also a huge bummer for Purdue football. Um, but I don't think that I don't think that the wide receiver room, you know, the, and the receiving numbers take a step back. Uh, I think it's I think it's really good, and I think the the thing you. <laughs> I, I, you could directly attribute it to what we saw with Brock Thompson, right? How good is Coach Shepard? I was going to say, is there a good coach coaching that receiver? Goodness group? gracious! It, I, let's let's look at this coaching staff and just 
Let's all keep our fingers crossed that they stay as long as they can. Coach Shepard is, the, to me, the most important coach to stick around because I just love the guy. I think he's he's a huge recruiting asset. His enthusiasm is contagious. But then on the other side of the ball, you got a three-headed monster defensive coordinator. I want Hagen. I, I want Hagen stick I, I tend to I mean, agree. I, I, I want all three to stay, but I think they will. I think Hagen Hagen's the one who defines the um, the mentality of the defense more than Lambert or English. So, JD, you have any? I know you, you. You look like you're really thinking. You were you were pensively. I was looking your at beard. I was looking at this the schedule for next year. Yeah. <clears throat> um, Do you see a loss? I don't. Well, I'm looking. Well, you can joke all you want. Here's here's my. What was the, ask, ask me the question again. How would you word it? What, do an, an unexpected thing for next? Is there year? a surprise that you see coming in 22? Now that you've seen the last month of this season. Here you go. This is a little, little outside of bucks, but in our degenerate way. Okay. Purdue will be favored 10 times next year. Whoa. I was looking at that. I was thinking about that. Like, will they, they could be, be favored 12 Penn times. State? They could be favored 12 times next year. I, I don't think – you know, No, Iowa. they won't be. But, yes, they'll be favored against Penn State. Absolutely yeah. they'll be favored I hope against so. Penn State. Oh, They're going to be great. at home against a 7-6 and six Penn State team. Let them be an underdog. Let him be an underdog after a nine and four season, oh starting at home God. against the I team tumbling I down the mountain. I it's been a little bit since I've actually looked at the schedule, and I've in my head I've mm. known the teams, but looking at this schedule, tell you me. Know, let me let me read it for the let me read it ahead, for the please, listeners in your dulcet tones. They start so they start at home Labor Day weekend versus Penn State. Okay, even if they lost that game, I still think ten wins is possible, but. Let's say they win that game. Imagine the the way the fan base will be if they win that game. Because oh then, then they host Indiana State. Then they go to Syracuse. Then they host FAU. Then they go to Maryland. Then they host Iowa. Then they, go, then they go to Minnesota. Then they host Wisconsin. Then they go to Illinois, go to Nebraska, host Northwestern, go to Indiana. Oh my gosh! No, now, State, now, no Michigan State. Indiana no will Michigan. be better than they were, even if they're only a little. They'll, they'll be better than they were. It's hard to imagine Nebraska isn't better than three and nine. Hard to imagine. It'd be, it'd be fun to imagine them. It'd be hilarious if they're not. Right. right. And it's November twelfth, by the way. So if North, if Nebraska, my big surprise usual, on that schedule, guys. Now that I've watched Maryland beat the hell out of somebody. Else. <laughs> That's a team that I'm like, okay, little little Tua is – is they're, oh, they're, not, they're no joke. They're no joke. Don't, don't they looked awfully them. bad early in the season this year, but now Maryland looks like a respectable opponent. So that's that's the big change for I me. I mean, who knows, right? right. Who's shown over the years? Who knows? The, Iowa might be angry coming into the game. The, the game that know. they definitely won't be favored in is at Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I don't I know don't, that I'll say definitely. I, it depends how you start the season. It depends and how you start the season. If they're sure. six and one or something, or five and one, then they'll be favored. Iowa and Penn State all and Wisconsin will always be toss ups. Every other one, I mean, but, it's pretty definitive. My, my argument back on that is those games are far enough into the season that the the, the Vegas will know what kind of team Top Purdue counts. is. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, if, if they start, Purdue if, is a, yeah, if Purdue is a good team, if Purdue's ranked fifteenth and they're six and one or something or whatever. Then they'll be they'll be they'll be favored. That's what I'm saying. I I will say I will say favored ten times next year. Goodness gracious! <laughs> Time to be the hunted. Time to be the hunted. Big Ten West. If it's gonna happen, guys, 
This what is, is it. Bert? I'm not afraid of Bert hunting us. I'm okay with it. I'm not afraid. I'm of a little Frost afraid of Bert. Us. I'm a little afraid of them because here's the thing: that team plays hard for him, and even when he completely depances them Doesn't in front of the press, and me. they're dirty. They're dirty. Right. And yeah, I mean, we saw that. They're dirty, and that's a November game. You're already gonna be a little beat up. Yeah. Mm, they could be playing for a bowl at that point, thinking, yeah. "Oh, we still have a shot," and they probably will be next year. Uh, no games. It's a Big Ten, man. People can talk about the freaking SEC all they want. Hey, Rutgers, meat Rutgers, grinder, man. Rutgers made the Gator Bowl or, or whatever stupid, and you know Rutgers had a great season. You know what's hilarious? Wait, I'm sorry. What? You, let me just tell you a little aside. So that game was played on New Year's Eve, I believe. We had the TV on in the living room, and at 11, all the local, you know, New Year's Eve BS cuts to the local news for a half an hour, which is hilarious. It's like a party all night, and it's like, now your local news, and, you know, people are staying in this year. That's great. news? Okay, It's the same programming director does BTN, I bet. <laughs> right. Brilliant. So, so they go to sports, which I said to my wife, I was like, who, like, is there a person out there who's like, hold on, honey, I have to watch sports on the local news. I need to see what happened to my teams tonight. Like, <laughs> so they go to sports. And, and okay, remember, I'm in the New York area. I'm watching a New York affiliate, right? Which theoretically is Rutgers territory, right? They go to show the Gator Bowl highlights, and I have the sound down, right? Because you're not going to watch the news with the sound on. You're just like, all right, we're talking, whatever. And I look over, and I didn't watch the game at all. And the, the, the you know, at the end of the news highlight, these crayon will pop up with the score. And it says Rutgers 38, Wake Forest 10. And I was they, like, and I hadn't paid any attention. I was like, they oh. I was like, good for them. And I like, and I was like, wait a minute. And wait, all the wait. highlights are like Wake Forest running over Rutgers. And I was like, right. I'm like, the local news. That's how bad local news is. This is an oh, aside. So bad. Ryan's brother will totally. He's one of the ones who. I'm in. I agree. <laughs> he, he's like, I hate local news. It's always right. It doesn't. It's not good for anything. Here's a person with no arms who plays the piano. Okay. <laughs> Great. I Neat story. Them. Great story. That's great. I'm, I'm edified. No, but they can't even get the score right on the screen of a team theoretically that's local. Well, you had a, you had a, you had an intern running things. <laughs> Absolutely. Everybody was home. How hard is it to write the score correctly? Like hard. Like yeah. mash the keyboard. I mean, come on, people. Um, so are there, uh, are there Kevin's any other questions? Kevin's Bryant has a great point. What, nothing. Uh, this, this, this will definitely end well. Uh, yeah, and then we're going to win the whole damn thing. Yeah, it's um, there's nothing. You're 2022. Bullard is uh, in the in the uh, horoscopes in the sky. What is 2022 the year of? Uh, it's the year of the Boilermaker. Oh, it's That's, the year of the Boilermaker. Yep. Um, somebody asks in there when the bye week is, uh, and the answer is uh, Halloween. So probably a good time to have a week off. Uh, it's the end of October. Right after yeah. Wisconsin. Get, get some Reese's in them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, uh, what, a, what a season, guys. This was this – was, uh, Oh, man. Exceeded your expectations. It's incredible. What a good one. And I, I – I, I, I don't. I, I don't think it could have gotten any better with the uh, with the parts in place that were in place. So, no. Hey, it's pretty cool to have a program coached by Jeff Brahma. Huh? Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, he, he it took. You know, we, we talked about how things were a little out of order, right? Like those first two years going to bowls were unexpected, probably even by him. But but maybe in a sense, he knew. You know what? This is how you get this program back. Let's let's go for that 
let's win that first year, go seven and six, blow people's yeah. minds. Um, then they had the the they had the first year blues right there in years three and four. They had that sort of mm-hmm. like, all right, we're still building a program, we're not going to win all the time. Um, and there were people who came down on them, which was, was a bit much. I mean, who who do you want if you don't want Brom? be here what would yeah. you, you know it's not a worthwhile conversation yeah. well you let him you let him have his contract you let daryl hazel play out most of his contract so like i think you can probably let jeff brom do it and here now he's rewarded you with the season that i would think most people were thinking was that next step after right. those first just came a little delayed I mean, a little, so how you're but COVID goes out the window. 2020 right. goes out the window. Right. Right. Exactly. That, yeah. That's that's the four win season say, is, is really the one that that I mean, I know it's all those injuries, but, but that's the but that's doesn't yeah. he get one crappy season, which by the yeah. way was still better than any Hazel season. No, I mean, I right. mean, like it, how easy is it now with that nine on you know in the win column when you're looking at sports reference? How easy is it to just overlook 2020? And just say, like, that two wins was 2020, it was COVID, it was injuries, it was weirdness, it was everything. Mm-hmm. And it just, and 2019 was the legitimate, like, yeah, sure, the injury bug hit, hurt. but, like, it is a disappointment, like, unequivocal disappointment. Like, that yeah. was the disappointing year. But seven wins, six wins, four, two, nine. And not a fluky nine, a real mm-hmm. nine. Mm-hmm. And oh, so it's yeah. like, you know, you, you want to see it again in 2022, you want to see it against this, but all of a sudden that makes it a little bit more realistic and kind of those eight plus win season becomes kind of the expectation. And, you know, what did you say down when, when Purdue reached eight wins, even eight, not nine, eight wins is not a thing Purdue does often. No, right. No. And so it's like eight wins, even if, Purdue would have lost the ball game would have been a season to, you know, oh, to appreciate. Right. We, we talked, I think all of us landed partway through that game, seeing the effort and seeing the back and forth. I think we all landed on a, you said something like it's a moral victory and I'm okay with that. Yeah. It's right. I, I said I tweeted it today after watching again or yesterday, this is a moral victory wrapped in a real win. <laughs> Right. I mean, like it really was. It felt like I was like, and I was okay with the moral victory. I mean, like it was a weird they played night like that and yep. lost on a because because Hypo had balls and they went for it on fourth down and they won right. the game. Okay, right. good for you, okay. man. All right, you, yep. you, you, you earned it. You went yep. for it and you won it. Yeah. Um. It, but but I kind of felt that way too during the game. But you know, you come all the way back. You you score those po- touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Like then I wanted it. I, then I wanted. And, it. I'm on record in saying that most bowls that aren't the playoff, which is, you know, this is an argument to expand the playoff. Most bowls that aren't the playoff are mostly like scrimmages. Yeah, who cares? And so, first of all, saying that you can still have fun as a fan base watching them. That's why we. That's why we go to spring games to see our team play against our team. Like that, you can still have a lot of fun watching (laughs) it. But second. The point of a game like this is to actually see what your is to say goodbye to the guys that either don't have NFL futures or decided that they needed this one, you know, uh, this one more game of game tape um, just to see them one more time. Jalen Alexander, mm-hmm. how awesome was it to see him that game? It was great. Yeah, but then great. it was, hey, how's our team going to look next year? You mm-hmm. know, are we lost without them? Do we have a lot of work to do without them? Or like, is it set? And that's why win or lose like on a late two point conversion, we had that question answered already. We were Mm -hmm. like, wow, we're going to be okay. Like Mm -hmm. AOC is awesome. All of these got to be the best 
awesome. It's got to be the best any of us have thought going into a season since probably 04, right? Well, somebody asked a good question. What they said, is this the wrong? first time? It's the, the first time we've seen a quarterback that's going to come off a winning season and be the starter the next season since Curtis Painter. And those were, so it's time I mean, to man. Those it, were soft winning seasons, though. Yes. AOC sixteen is that his number sixteen? AOC sixteen dot com, like Curtis like Payne twelve masterpiece. Yeah, O'Connell like, a masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, it doesn't Aiden, work. I gotta think. I gotta get back to the drawing board on that. <laughs> if they start eight no, it'll be eight no. Oh, See? that's it. How about yeah, that? Like How about that? that? Yeah. And yeah. then you got to end the season because it's then you right. eight, eight, eight and four doesn't doesn't work as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's like nine Indiana. It's the same kind of thing. So it just doesn't fit in when you say. Oh nine. man, I didn't even think about nine Purdue Indiana. <laughs> oh man, you just gave me some. You got to ask the guys. Oh, you got to your tongue. You got to ask the guys at home field to make that shirt. Exactly. They were nine boiler. Nine Purdue nine Deanna. Nine no, boilers. in black and gold. Nine Purdue Deanna. They owe us one now. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh, yeah. that's fantastic. Cash cow. That is fantastic. Speaking of cash cows, guys, you know, we wouldn't Ooh. be able to do this show week in, week out without our wonderful sponsors. <laughs> Who our are friends they? are 78 minutes in or being mentioned. Exactly. If you're still here, I'm sure you want to check out martinvintage.com you go to martinvintage.com get some some cool stuff they've got a great bucket shirt that now i i wore mine this week because it talks about purdue owning the state and it's our bucket go get go get a martin vintage uh bucket shirt or another one um inner boiled at checkout for 15 percent off go over while you're at it on the interwebs you know the holidays are over and you've got lots of cash afterwards who doesn't who doesn't head over head over to gridiron metalworks get yourself a, a spatula or or uh, it looks like Anish has a, a great to help him in jousting. Whatever oh, your fancy you is. Can't get, you, oh, but the humans on this cannot get this one. This one that is that one. Yeah, I've got one on my wall. Those are that's a one of those too. That's a, um, that's a special. It's a special yeah. thing. Center of your grill can can be custom and beautiful. And Derek and Paul will hook you up. Check out there for fifteen percent off. Uh, very nice stuff. And then uh, you're going to be on campus for a game this this winter. You just are because you feel the draw. And when you're on campus, head over to AJ's. Grab a pint. Grab some Italian beef. Grab some of those delicious macaroni and cheese bites, which make me look like I do now. Uh, EatAJ's.com. Motor Study Boiler just set you up. He's a little, you're a little late, buddy. You're a little late on the – he says, any ideas about what to do if I'm hungry in West Lafayette? I'm yeah. stumped. Yeah. We're way ahead of you there. Kevin's <laughs> price. I can't even read it. For nine, 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 for nine, nine, nine. It rolls right off the top. It does. It works so well. Oh, um, man. I am so mad. I'm kind of for Heisman. That's good. <laughs> for kind of for Heisman. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, um, mercy. Yeah. Good stuff. What a good season. Yeah. What a fun season. Good, uh, good time. And, um, do appreciate everybody who tunes in. Uh, really, I thank Michael for jumping on so often with us yep. this season. After Michael's on the him. yeah, Michael's on the podcast right right now. Michael, uh, your thoughts? <laughs> His mic. Oh, great. Oh, thanks. Oh, that was great. Yeah. Really yeah. useful. Yeah. Really good valuable. Stuff. Good stuff, yeah. buddy. I do Real remember good. you making fun of me for saying eight wins was possible. I remember. Real in fact, good. you recorded it and put it on our Instagram. You put it on the Instagram. Yeah. By the way, 
you got to love the consistency of Michael's Instagram. <laughs> I remember he was so excited. He was going to set Instagram afire with his witty. They were, they were good. By the way, they were good. I'm not, yes. saying, I'm not knocking the guy. But then, no, you are, and you should. So, <laughs> then he disappears uh, for the rest of as things get good. Mike Tyson. <laughs> That's Michael's energy. Michael only Michael thrives in the gutter. Exactly. And as things are things getting are good. Too, He's like, what am I positive. supposed to do? It's fine. Yeah, what am I going to complain about? Yeah, his yeah. his his high point is picture him in front of a, a burning dumpster. Uh, dumpster, right? Uh, <laughs> that was funny. Uh, that was very funny. Oh, I did it was like one of their th- one of their four losses. It was in Minnesota. I think yeah. it was the Minnesota. I was. Uh, he was like, I'm not watching anymore. And I guess he stayed true to his word. It Good. Was... Yeah. Exactly. Um, two things. We all went to multiple games. Uh, you know, and that was a thrill. It was awesome. Every time we went, um, it's still strange to me that people boiler down. Nobody recognizes him uh, by the face. But everybody recognizes him when they hear his wonderful dulcet tones. I like how every story you tell is, as I say goodbye or hammer down, they go, hey, love the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) But like, I think my voice sounds completely normal like everybody else's. It does. I don't let them tell you anything else. And I can't do it. recognized as the tall brown guy. Indeed. But like when we were there. Um, like it's, it's always, it's strange. It's so strange, but it's so wonderful whenever people say that it's great. Um, it's like so weird in like a humbling kind of way to say like when people are like, Hey, you know, you, whatever, whatever, whatever about like getting through bad times. It's always strange. But what I want to say is that 2021 sucked. It was bad. Um, particularly I did not have a great 2021. I did not enjoy it very much at all, but this was a good thing. Like this was fun. It was great. And like the, like Purdue football, Purdue basketball, it's so stupid that sports does this to us. We've talked about this in the best of times where it's so stupid Mm -hmm. that sports (laughs) puts us in a bad mood when Purdue just chokes like the Purdue Cincinnati basketball game. It was so stupid that I had to take a walk after that. But on the flip side, it's so wonderful that it actually does good for us when it is good and fun and you have a community and it's very yeah. nice. This yeah, is my the community part. Of, it's such a big portion of it. That's a, that's the thing that's so neat about bowl games. And if you, if you had the chance to go to Nashville this time or last time, that's right. I, I, I remembered it was just a magical night the night before just walking around Broadway and being surrounded by Purdue people. That's just cool. Right. I mean, and it, I look at pictures. I, that's the other thing. I looked at pictures before and after the game. We're just as happy before the game as we were after the game, honestly. Like we were, we were stoked going into the thing because it was fun to be there, you know. So, um, well, yeah, it's, it, the community is such a big deal, and it, it's so great to to be around a crowd. It, Michael Hogg says he saw me after the Michigan State game. That was awesome, right? That's one of those celebratory moments that that's a big deal, you know, like being there on the field with a bunch of people. That was really, really yes. cool. Well, good moment. We talked about being in Louisville for the near win over Virginia and part of the part of the element that made that would have made it even better had it happened was the fact that everybody was there not everybody I know yeah. not all of you made it but so many people that right. we either interacted with or yep. knew either well or through the interwebs I got to and meet then, Handel for the first time there that was well, awesome but then you'd run into like yeah. Anish and I right behind us was Morgan Burke right and then we're out in the concourse and there's Jeff Brom and right. then we go to leave and there's Ray Davis yeah. right like like that was so cool, Ray Davis. Right, but that was so cool, and 
I think that extended into the bowl game because I don't know if you guys saw, I don't know if you, I think you, we all see this and maybe you don't realize how unique. I do think this makes the Purdue sort of family. Did you see how many former Purdue players were talking about that game? Awesome. Now you don't see, I don't think that many Alabama players chirping about an Alabama win. I, I think it's a factory it, and they go there and they, yeah, they're proud they went there. But. And it's, it's back to the, it's back to the Ryan Nanny thing that he said earlier, which is don't be good, be Purdue, which is like all of a sudden, right. like these are the, these, these are the programs that enjoy the good moments, which is why it's like, this is, this was such a great season. I think we'll have another one this coming year. It's going to be awesome. Start we will see now. you all the amount of money in 2022, the year of the Boilermaker that I'm going to spend <laughs> traveling to Purdue games is just going to be absurd, awesome. but awesome. I'm in, I mean, I'm all in. Yeah. Yeah. I get I to, I, I think I told you guys this and I, I, I mentioned it. I sat a couple rows behind Barrett and Gorin and, um, and uh, Matt Matrion was in my row at the, at the um, Tennessee football game and watching those two, because Mitrion at one point went down to stand with Brandon on the aisle and watching those two watch the football game as passionately as three and a, three of us do, right? Like really getting into it, really caring, telling Tennessee fans to shut up when they're booing a guy that's injured, that type of thing. It made me have a little more, uh, let's say courage knowing that Matt Mitrion might have my back. Um, that's a good feeling too. <laughs> We all know that when you're in uh, the crowd, you need courage. To I do. I do. I'm usually I go into a show. Very wallflower. Yeah. Yeah. I get. I get a little bashful. That's true. That's true. It's oh. yeah. Yeah. It's it's a different experience watching a game. Uh. Uh, somebody came up. We had a group of twelve people. I think. 13, 12. And they said, one was down at the end of our group and they said, Hey, I couldn't hear you during the game. My son who sits right next to me, he goes, he said, I could. And he said, and I can tell you other people around us could. So if you don't think he was yelling, you're mistaken. Um, so yeah, I didn't, I, 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 you don't get horse from not yelling. So, so uh, 2022 uh, basketball banner and uh 15 uh-huh. win football season. <laughs> we'll see you later. Yeah. <laughs> I love you guys. Good night.